Who knows what Jay-Z, J.K. Rowling, Bill Gates and Oprah Winfrey all have in common? OK, I will tell you then. They have all overcome failure in one shape or form to go on to gain success in their respective careers. Welcome to My Perfect Failure. Join us as we delve into the world of our perfect failures. We will interview, explore and discuss how our perfect failures can lead us to success. Join us and tune in. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of My Perfect Failure. Today, I'm super duper excited. I have the wonderful Ben or Benjamin Hardy, who is an organizational psychologist and best-selling author of the great book, Willpower Doesn't Work. From 2015 to 2018, he was the number one writer in the world on Medium.com. During that time, he grew his email list from zero to 400,000 without any paid advertising. Ben and his wife, Lauren, adopted three children from the foster system in February 2018. And one month later, Lauren got pregnant with twins who were born in December 2018. And they live in Orlando. Ben's blogs are read by Millions Monthly. And he's and Ben also is the author of the fantastic new book, Personality Isn't Permanent. And I'm super keen to discuss that on this episode of My Perfect Failure. So without further ado, Ben, a very warm welcome to My Perfect Failure. How are you? Doing amazing. Just happy to talk to you. Well, I'm, I'm super happy to talk to you. So I just wanted to clarify something. So congratulations on navigating the system with regards to your foster children. Thank you. That was intense. And, and then, then you're, amazingly, your wife got pregnant at, more or less at the same time. And yes. then so I'm... So I'm just wondering, is that sort of a Guinness Book of World Records to go from zero to five kids in such a condensed period of time? Ah, uh, I doubt it, but it's probably up there. It's probably it's pretty close. Be up there. It's, yeah, it's definitely. I'm sure that you know. I, I believe that actually, people have had more than five kids in a pregnancy before. I don't know what the well, record is. Okay. I, I'm not really sure. I could be sounding okay. really stupid and ignorant right now, but uh, <laughs> well, I don't have children, so you know, it sounds quite a phenomenal. zero to five and zero to five in one calendar year, which was 2018, was intense. It was a very collapsed, uh, you know, very, you know, tight period of time to do such a condensed amount of time. Yeah. I guess you could say it was intense. Yeah. Let's just say yeah. that it was intense. I don't yeah. recommend it to everyone. <laughs> you know, you know the great thing about that though. There's a couple of things that spring to mind. One that you've got an amazing family now, five children, and secondly, if you can navigate that 12-month period and come out the other end, pretty much you can do anything. The world is your oyster. So, I think that there's something to be said about that. Yeah, I think that uh, even looking back on some of my worst traumatic experiences, like you know. And we can go into these if we want, but like my father being a drug addict when I was young, like yeah. there were so many interesting, difficult experiences that I went through that taught me that same principle that I could make it through crazy situations. And uh, you know, our two twins now are 15 months old, and they're yeah. taking swimming lessons because we live in Florida, and many people have swimming pools here. So you know, they essentially are getting dropped in the pool, not exactly dropped, but like yeah. you know, and they're having to learn how to swim and like you know, it leads to insane flexibility and openness, yeah. you know, and I think as adults, 
we stop putting ourselves in those types of situations where we're forced to do things differently, forced yeah. to figure things out. And so that's what really happened when we became foster parents of these three kids. It was like yeah. going from zero to three, and you had it was like being dropped in the swimming pool. It was like, oh, freak. Like, I don't know how to parent. Like, I don't know how to do this. I don't even know if I want to do this. Um, <laughs> you know, and then having to learn how to want it because you can change your desires. You can change your preferences. You know, that's a big aspect of personality is that you, you have preferences for doing things, but those preferences can and probably should change um, as your priorities and as your perspectives evolve. And so it was it was good and it was difficult, but I think you're right that my willingness to and my belief that I can do things is definitely increased because of that experience. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And it's, you know, quite inspiring to somebody who doesn't have any children to know that people can go from one situation to the next and come out the other you end. You could do it, my friend. Yeah. That's one of the big things I've learned over and over and over is people are incredibly adaptive to their yeah. situation. We just, yeah. we limit what we adapt to we we don't take yeah. big enough leaps because if you take a big leap and put yourself in a new situation there's risk involved and uh yeah. and, but the crazy part is is how fast we can adapt to the new situation humans are incredibly adaptable yeah i said before we came on air that i love your tedx talk and so i recommend anybody who's listening that hasn't checked out ben's tedx talk that you you know you dive in because you, they are very revealing. You do learn a lot from them. And that's why I'm excited today to sort of have you on the podcast and really get into your new book, Personality Isn't Permanent. So I thought personality was permanent. So I was fascinated to find a book that says it actually isn't. So I was keen to, to sort of get your, your insights to how it, how it all came about. I'm happy to explain if you've got any questions for me, why I think it's permanent. I did. Yeah. I would be happy to explain why I decided to write the book. I'll break down all the myths and I'll explain yeah. how and why personality changes. But I think that your view is kind of the common view. And I just wanted, I kind of wanted to know why you thought it was permanent and kind of what led you to that conclusion. Yeah, I guess from my perspective, I, I you know, so I think that you go to school and you, you know you're around your parents and whatnot and you you form a personality and you just you know the the reference points that you have around you don't you know in my experience haven't indicated that you I can navigate beyond that all my all the sort of the the people that I have around me those reference points they they you know like my friends family work colleagues they look at me they talk to me and they I communicate with them from the personality that I have and so so there's a constant reinforcement of who I am so the only thing that I can can maybe glean is that my personality evolves in that I get older I get a little bit wiser around my personality that I have but I but at no point have I ever conceived that I can change my personality to to do things that I potentially haven't done before. You know, somebody that I might, I might admire might be an actor, might be a writer, might be a sports person or, or just somebody else. I've never thought, well, actually, I, you know, I want to do that. You know, I don't think that I can do it. So I stick within the parameters that I've got, if that makes sense at all. Yeah, it does. It's, it's a really good explanation, really. It's really interesting, uh, just kind of, some of the things that you described first off you you said you kind of act 
in your in your relationships from your current personality. You act from the personality mm-hmm. that you already have, and you also don't consider. First off, you said you didn't believe you could change, and so you don't you don't even consider yeah. taking on different different personas or different attitudes that are outside your current personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my question would be just as a t- as an initial question. What would it be like if you actually could change? Like, what would you pursue if you could change? Yeah, and I'm not saying it's going to be easy, nor would it be comfortable, but if you could become different or if you could operate outside of your current personality, what would you actually do? What would you pursue? What would be interesting to you? What would you try? Okay, okay. so... I'm just asking you personally. Yeah, so that's a good question. So I think if if I could change my personality, I'd be more confident. So I do this podcast, which was a kind of like a leap of faith for me. So I've evolved a little bit there. What I don't do... I don't do public speaking. I don't do vlogs. I don't do stuff like that. So there's a confidence thing there. There's a courage thing there that stops me from doing that, if that makes sense. So that would be sort of an initial thing that I would, that I would. Uh, so there's things you in. would do, but it, but you don't see the con, but you, but you don't have the current confidence or courage to do them. Yeah, I think so. If I'm, if I'm being totally honest, that's what I would put that down to. I 100% agree. Yeah, that's what I would put that down to. And and there's so is guess, it your personality or is it your confidence and your courage that are stopping you? Okay, so it, I think it's so, a good question, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because think about it this way. Yeah, is, so is I the think fact it's probably that you more, show up the same way. You go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's it's a good question. It's making me think. Possibly more courage and personality, fear, those types of things. But also, my personality hasn't. You know, to this point that we're talking today, my personality hasn't been that way. So, so what's funny about doing podcasting is that, so when I started doing, it, I didn't talk to everybody about it because I felt that people would be like, "Why are you doing that? You don't do podcasting. You listen to them. Your background isn't in that." And I think it's the same with a lot of things that maybe I want to do that I maybe think about my personality and about how I'm perceived. And I think that I've got my lane. Let's stay in my lane, Paul. Don't deviate out of my lane because there's going to be a lot of raised eyebrows about what you're doing outside of your lane. Well, so here's a question for you. How long ago did you start the podcast? So I started a podcast, so it was in my head for about two years, and I I officially started reaching out to people January 2019. I started recording a few months later. So I've been doing it in terms of recording for about a year yeah just over a year so would you say that since you've been doing it first after it take courage to start doing it yeah yeah because I had imposter syndrome when I started doing it so I had to overcome that so when you started doing it do you feel you said you've evolved what do mm. you mean by that you, would you say that through the year as you've done more and more of these you've kind of changed a little bit as a person because you're acting courageously what's 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 evolved in you yeah well I guess I've learned a lot I've spoken to people who are amazing people like you that have got perspective they've navigated their own journey which in many instances is a lot more challenging than starting a podcast or they're people that have expertise in their field so it's been amazing journey listening to those amazing people also my confidence has grown as a result of been able to speak to people from all around the world and also there's I've become more you know I'm by no means a finished article at 
podcasting, which isn't, I actually quite enjoy the fact that I'm not a finished article because it means that the ceiling is, you know, there's a big ceiling that I've got to navigate or more ladders, more steps on the ladder that I need to navigate. So, yeah, so my confidence has got more so, but I still have, I guess, some limiting beliefs, definitely. I'm sure. I'm sure we all have limiting beliefs, but you would say your confidence has grown since doing it and your limiting beliefs are less than they were a year ago. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's generally true. The more creative you become and the less you see yourself strictly one way. Like my guess would be since you've done the podcast, since you've acted courageously and since you've done all these interviews and learned so much, would you say you view yourself and the world exactly the same as you did a year and a half ago or two years ago when you started the podcast? No, no, I've got no, because I've learned stuff that I didn't know two years ago. So, you, so, so your perspectives are different. But what about your how you how you see yourself? Do you still see yourself as the same person as you did two years ago? No, I don't. See, no, I don't see myself as the same person. No, I, I I think I'm more of an open person. I think there's I feel that there's more opportunities out there than existed say two years ago, <laughs> in terms of me on this journey. Because every conversation I have, it opens up a different perspective that I didn't have before. So, and I think because I've been on this journey and the inspirational people that I talk to, I'm I'm more open to to being maybe a bit more co- courageous. But I'm not there yet. I'm definitely not there yet in terms of. Of course, of course. I think uh, you use that swimming pool analogy. So, I still look over the edge of the pool sometimes and I probably need somebody just to go and push me in. But do you think you're getting closer to being someone who, because it takes courage and confidence to jump into situations and just try them and then figure them out, right? Are you getting closer to being willing to try that, jumping in maybe and being okay to fail, being okay to maybe figure it out on the other side, being okay to figure out how to swim and maybe find your way to the edge, you know? Yeah, I think so. I think my background, so my personality, I think, is very measured very measured so I'm not so there's there are some people that are more open to taking a leap of faith than I am I think that I I don't know whether that's a trait of Torians but I definitely consider things in my even when I ask a question I think it's more methodical it's it's not snappy like some people and I think that translates into how I take on opportunities and I think that yeah, I'd like to be maybe more snappy and been able to just, you know, because invariably the, the, the idea that I have at the outset would be the idea that I go for, but I tend to have to go through this prolonged process to actually make that decision, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, so do you care if I explain to you some of the science now on personality? I, you know what? I'm super keen all right, so I think we're in a good place this. now to get to that point. So let me okay, let me just fantastic. let me just break this down a little bit because I love everything you've just said, and I think your listeners are on the exact same page. They know exactly where you're coming from. So now I'm going to kind of share where I'm coming from. Wonderful. Because um, I think it's beautiful. So first off, you said you would like to be a little bit more snappy. You'd like to be able to make faster decisions. Maybe not be so overly analytical. Anal- mm. Being overly analytical is a good thing, but maybe some of that has to do with just fear and and uh, overanalyzing versus being willing to just make decisions and move forward. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you're you're describing attributes that you would like. So my my challenge for you is is to realize that you can have those attributes, but you have to you have to define you have to define it that way. So so I'll just first off explain some of the research on on personality and identity, and and then explain how you and your listeners, and also myself, because I'm not where I want to be yet, um, can use this to become who we want to be. So first off, 
it's important to realize that the research is very clear, and it's been clear for about 50 years that personality changes over time, whether you want it to or not. Like, you're not the same person you were 10 years ago. Um, your personality has changed whether you've been intentional about it or not. So basically, there's re so in psychology, we call it longitudinal research. But what longitudinal research is, is where it's a, a group of people are studied over a long period of time. And there's recent research that shows that people who took personality tests, you know, measures of their personality, whether that be confidence, creativity, stuff like that, people took the test like 50, 60 years ago. And then they recently restudied these same people on the same attributes. And none of them were even close to the same people they were 50, 60 years ago. Wow. Now, that's a long time. But yeah. But basically, the idea is, is that over over a course of your lifetime, you're not going to be the same person. Yeah. Life is going to change you. Time is going to change you. Experience is going to change you. So that's that's one thing. It's also important to know that you're actually not the same person in, in various situations. So in some situations, you're going to probably be a little bit more confident than in other situations. In some situations, you're going to be more social. In other situations, you're going to be more shy. Like, you're not the same person in every situation. Context yeah. matters a lot. And so your personality in a lot of ways is based on your context, but it's also based on the role that you're in. So if you're in a certain role, for example, like you're the younger brother, you know, yeah. and like you could you could grow up and be like in your 40s and you could be like an entrepreneur or like someone who's really confident. But every time you're with your older brother, you kind of revert mm. back younger brother role because your role in many ways shapes your persona or your personality. And so role is a big predictor of personality. So like, you know, I who I am right now talking to you is a little different than who I'm going to be when I go home and I'm talking to my, my kids, you know, and, yeah. and I'm talking to my wife when I'm talking to my best friend or when I'm, you know, who knows, like your role is very important, but there's some other stuff here that's really important. So it's important to know that your personality is going to change. Here's what's also important though, from an identity perspective, it's important to realize that you're not the same person you were before. Like, so whether that was Two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, you're not the same person you once were. You had a different perspective, a different situation. You had different goals. You had, you know, some of some aspects may be the same. Like you may actually have the same peer group. You may have the same friends. You may be mm -hmm. in the same environment. Um, the extent to which you have the same roles and the same situations, you're probably a similar person to what you were before. But if you've changed your roles and if you've changed your friend group and if you've changed your goals, um, you're probably not the same person. You know? And it and you're you're definitely not the same person, but it's possible that you're a very different person if you've been proactive about your change, if you've been proactive about who you want to be. Um, so just like you're not the same person as you used to be, you're also not going to be the same person in the future. And there's a lot of research on this right now about the idea of your future self. Your future self, so there's a TED Talk by um, Daniel Gilbert. He's a Harvard psychologist. It's called The Psychology of Your Future Self, and it explains how personality changes over time. But let me just explain a little bit of the research. So first off, it's important to realize that your future self is not you. They're going to view the world very differently. They're going to be in a, di a different context. They're going to have different goals, different preferences. Um, and Hal Hirschfeld, Hal is a psychologist at UCLA, which is in California. He has studied decision-making. And what he's found is, is that when you view your future self as a different person instead of viewing them as yourself, it's really good for decision-making. <laughs> because yeah. think about it. If you've defined who your future self is, and what they want, and what their situation is, and, and your future self, you've defined them as, this is the person I really want to be. Not, this is who I am, this is who I really want to be. Once you've defined that, then you can actually make decisions today that will help you get there. If you don't know who you want to be, then it doesn't really matter who you are today, because 
you have no goal. <laughs> and if you have no goal, okay. then you have no direction. And if you have no direction, then it doesn't really matter what decisions you make. You know, but if you have a goal, a future self in mind, then you can make decisions intentionally today that will help you get there. And so, you know, it's important to realize that your future self is not you. And if you, then you can make decisions based on what your future self would want, not based on what you currently want. Because what you currently want may not be yeah. in the best interest of your future self. Maybe what you want right now is to eat a bunch of donuts. <laughs> um, you know, but maybe your future self doesn't want you to do that. Maybe you're, you know what I mean? And so you can yeah, start yeah, making decisions. Yeah, absolutely. This- what you're saying I love and it takes me to a TED talk that you did where you mentioned a guy I think his name was Tom Hartman who yes 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 who, who was a, you know he weighed a certain amount and I love this <laughs> I love this story and I'll, I'll put this episode maybe in the, in the show notes yeah, go ahead and put both TED talks in the show notes man yeah yeah because they're, they're amazing but what I love about the, the, an example that you users about he i think he weighed about 400 pounds and then he went through this maybe i'll let you explain no 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 it's good it's good yeah so so tom hartman was a 400 pound or more individual who learned of the importance of his identity and he came to the conclusion that he was as is true for all of us his self-identity was as a as a fat man as an overweight man and once he started to change his persona you know and and the way you do that is by being aggressive, by the way. you have to. So there's one concept, which is that your input shapes your outlook. And so he started listening to media that was different. You know, your input is the information, but also the experiences, the environments, the food, everything that comes into you, whether that's information or food or experiences, it shapes you. Okay. Um, and so he started changing his inputs. He started listening to more uplifting material, but he also started acting and investing from the perspective of his future self. Yeah. So he actually went and he bought two suits, right? And this is probably a part of the story you liked, but yeah. he bought two very fitted suits. They were very slim fitting, you know, and obviously would not fit his 400 pound frame. Yeah. And and the um, the person selling the suits, the tailor said, who are these for? And Tom said, they're for myself. And, and obviously the guy was probably not very, you know, inspired by that. He probably yeah. thought that was interesting. But there's a lot of really important aspects of this. One is is that, first off, Tom was now telling a new story. He was telling the story that this is who I'm going to become. He was not telling the story, this is who I've been. So in psychology, there's a concept called identity narrative. And your identity narrative is how you explain yourself. It's, it's based on stories. So if you tell stories that I'm not, you know, I'm not confident, I'm not shy, that's literally you telling a story about who you are. That shapes yeah. your identity. What Tom was doing was he was telling a new story. He said, those suits are for me. I'm going to be skinny enough that I'm going to fit in those suits. That takes a lot of courage to have yeah. a narrative based on your future. But also, he was literally investing money, cash money, into his future identity, not based on his current identity. So he was telling a story and explaining himself based on his future self. He was in spending money, investing money into his future identity, these short, you know, these clothing. And um, ultimately, and over time, his identity shifted where he began to see himself as a skinny person. And then ultimately he became that. He lost, I think, 190 pounds or something like that or more within an 18-month period of time. I think he lost more than that even. Um, That's incredible. But in psychology, we call it self-signaling. You know, your, your behavior signals back to you the type of person you are. So when you, when you identify or when you define your future self, you've got to take the time to define it. Not just say, yeah. oh, you know, broadly, yeah, I'd like to be a podcaster. It's like, no, what does that actually look like? How yeah. many page views are you getting? How much money are you getting? What do you sound like? Who are the types of people you're interviewing? What is your situation like? You have to like take the time to imagine, define, and create that future self. 
And then as you begin investing money and begin telling people about where you're going, telling everyone about the type of pod, you know, it doesn't have to be a podcast, but like literally telling everyone who you're going to become and begin investing money into that decision, your identity starts to shift. And you, you're, literally what you're doing is you're starting to act consistent with your future self, not your former self. Yes, it takes yeah. courage, yeah. but this is so, how you begin to build confidence. Okay. That, yeah, t- totally makes sense. So money is, is money an important factor? As far as investing money into yeah. your goals? Yeah. I think so. Yes. Yes, it is. It's very important to invest money in your goals because that's how you build commitment. And that's also when you invest in things, you know, your investment kind of is what you identify with. You know, in psychology, they call that the endowment effect. Okay. And so you, you, you have ownership over what you, what you own. And so when you begin investing money into your goals, you really start to believe in them more. Um, and and so yes, it's very important to invest money into your future identity. It's very important to invest money into your goals. You know, if you're really serious about getting fit, if you invest in a personal trainer, you're going to take it a lot more seriously. Mm. You know, you're going to like feel like you need to show up, and you're going to take it. And so, yeah, if you're really serious about something, you're going to invest in it. Why wouldn't you? That that's interesting because I think, and I could be wrong here, but I imagine that some people hold off. They wait for the perfect moment. They definitely do. Yeah. And there will never be that perfect moment. Yeah. Therefore, people are holding off and they're not making the changes they could. It's very limiting. You know, so the thing that you're talking about, and I think this is the crucial crux, is that what people define as their personality is really their comfort zone. Yeah. Um, it's not actually their personality. It's literally their comfort zone. Um, but they're calling it their personality. The idea of personality is really a, uh, a psycho- as a psychologist, I, I will put the words personality in quotations you know i'll use my fingers as quotes there's no true flat personality like you don't actually personality is 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 kind of a lame way of looking at it it's it's really just your comfort zone what are you willing to do and Mm. what are you comfortable being and it's really a habit it's just your habits it's how you show up over and over and over again it's your preferences it's how you it's how you see the world and if your personality isn't changing what that means is, is that you don't have goals and what that means is that you're not pursuing those goals and that you're and that you lack confidence yeah. And therefore, you're just being the same person you were yesterday for either because you're not clear on who you want to be because you haven't defined it or because you're just trying to, you know, stay comfortable with your current situation and relationships. And so it's it's a really yeah. uh, it's the view that your personality doesn't change. is just an excuse for not becoming who you want to be. Yeah, this is quite groundbreaking in terms of what you're talking about, because I don't know what your you know, you, you ask me, but your family, friends, you know, if you if you went for dinner with, a with I don't know, some old school friends or some old work colleagues, would they view their personality as something that can be changed? Because it, it opens up so many possibilities for everybody. Yeah, it does. And I, I think that the mainstream pop culture perspective is, is that you can't really change. Yeah. And so people don't try to. You know what they do instead is they try to just keep being themselves. They, they set goals that are within their comfort zone. They keep trying to be more and more of who they currently are mm. rather than trying to be someone who they really would love to be. Um, that's one of the reasons why personality tests like Myers and Briggs and other tests are really quite damaging is because they give you a, a, a score. They give you a, a, a persona. You know, you could whatever yeah. your whatever your type is that you get on this test. And then you think that that's who you ultimately are. And then you start setting goals to confirm that bias. And it's a really limiting, narrow unhelpful and basically non-scientific view of yourself it just leads you to uh trying to be the same person over and over again and you don't believe you can change but your future self is going to be different and so you should really set goals based on your you know your future self and who you ultimately want to be 
And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's very That's interesting. scary. Yeah, That's scary will... what you said about personality tests because – Oh, in... those personality tests are, are so harmful. They're terrible and they scary. create a fixed mindset. They destroy people. They, they do. They're, they're very damaging, very destructive. They're because, non-scientific as well. Yeah, because as you're describing it, I'm thinking about there's employers around the world that base their recruitment process on personality tests. Yes, 100%. Which, which is nuts. It's, it is nuts, yeah. And it's not a predictor of success. Your personal, and, and honestly, there's so much research on these personality tests. You get a different score based on mm. why you take it. You know, If you take it in one situation, if you're taking it to get a job, you're going to score the test differently than if you take it you know just for fun or yeah. you know and you're going to dif- get a you're going to get a different score in one environment than you are in a different environment you're going to get okay. a different score one week than you will a different week these are this is one of the reasons why these tests are not scientific we they're need not to get reliable your... they're not reliable yeah. i mean think if you took think if you had a scale that gave mm-hmm. you a different score just based on if you took it in one if you took the scale in one room and you took the score stepped on it and you got a score and then you took this test in a different room and you got a different score yeah like that would yeah. not be a very good scale, right? Absolutely. But that's how personality tests are. You're going to get a different score based on who's around you or based on why you're doing it. And so they're not reliable scales. They're they're junk science. It's it's uh it's sad that people base so much of their identity on these tests because what they really do is create limiting beliefs about who they can become. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, yeah, ex- exactly. So it it don't work on any level. So from the employer's perspective, they're using an out well, they're using a broken selection tool, mm-hmm. and which doesn't work. And I guess from if you're a candidate who's seeking employment, you're getting judged on a broken tool that doesn't work. And what you've just said, which is crazy, is that if you sit personality tests in different situations, your results will be different. Oh, yeah, of course. There's plenty of research on that. Crazy. Yeah, so... Um... Here's what happens though, is people often live up to the category, you know, so yeah. if you, or at least even if they're not perfectly living up to it, we think they are because as people, we have what's called selective attention. So we see the world through, you know, through a narrow perspective. And so if, you know, people often show up how you expect them to show up, Yeah. even if they're not even really showing up that way, because we just, we see the world kind of, we, we're not very mindful of, of when things are not actually true. For example, like if you have a label, if you if you call yourself depressed, as an example, you'll think that yeah. you're always depressed, even though that's not always true. Um, so I'll give another example. Like, you know, I don't know if you've ever had the experience where you bought a car, for example, and then you started to see that car everywhere. Yeah. Have you had that experience? I haven't bought a car for years, so I'm probably not yeah, yeah, best I know that, placed. That, but I, 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 know I get, that I get what you're saying. Kind of the city or state you're in, but maybe yeah. like, you know, maybe you buy a pair of glasses and you start noticing that everyone else yeah, is wearing absolutely. Glasses. glasses. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. But the thing that you don't notice, like if you buy a car or you buy, you know, something like that is, is you don't notice all of the other people who aren't driving your same car mm. or who aren't wearing your same glasses, you know. And so you don't notice the things that aren't relevant um, or that don't feel to be relevant. And so when you have a label, you ignore all of the true. And we do that for other people as well. We, we, we don't see them in different ways. And so if an employer hires someone and they think they're some score, then they're going to actually think that that's true, even if it's not. Yeah, this is so scary. You know, so your book, we need to get that to every HR manager or director. It would be pretty there. awesome, you know. So personality tests are a, a $2 billion industry. And yeah. uh, I would love to really? take down that industry. Oh, yeah, I would love to take down that industry. I mean, that's one of my goals for this book is to take down that very destructive and terrible industry. 
So can I can I ask you your interest in personality? Where did that come from? Why did you see the need to actually delve into this and put it and put this masterpiece together? Well, thank you for calling it that. I hope it's that. But uh, yeah, it, you know, it, it's funny. So so, so when people ahead. start reading it, you will be fascinated. You will be fascinated and intrigued. It is very compelling. Well, thank you. It's very generous of you. Um, what's funny, though, is, is when you write a book, for example, I wrote the book Willpower Doesn't Work, and uh, yeah. that I wrote that book about three years ago, and okay. I recently re-listened to it with the audiobook, and I was like, wow, I would not. Some of it I love, but some of it I don't really love anymore because I'm a different person than I was three okay, years ago. Okay, okay. Um, but that said, you know, that book still serves a great audience, and mm. it, that says nothing about the book. It only says something about me, right? Yeah. But I'm the one that's changing. Yeah. Um, and so that said, you know, this book's an imperfect book, but, uh, you know, that uh, in my future self is going to look at this book very differently, but I'm very grateful that it's written. Anyways, the reason I wrote it for a few reasons. One is, you know, in going through my PhD, I learned about all the, you know, I learned a lot of science about personality. And I, and, and I, I noticed that in pop culture, the views are very common to what you were describing, that your personality is fixed. It doesn't change. It's something yeah. you must discover. And it's something that you you should build your life around rather than that it's basically a comfort zone. So I also learned that personality tests like Myers and Briggs and Enneagram and stuff like that, I learned that those tests are not scientific. They're just not valid. They're bad tests. And so I just thought this is so funny that there's this whole pop culture world view of what people are and it's not and it doesn't fit reality. It doesn't fit the science and it really limits people in what they are willing to do with themselves. And I think it's one of the main reasons why people live such limiting and small lives. Mm-hmm. Um and so I thought this was an important book to write. I also read the book called The Body Keeps the Score. And that book is uh, an important book. But basically what it explains is that for, for many people, their personality is actually based on trauma from their past. You know, they've okay. had traumatic experiences in the past, and those experiences have frozen their personality so that they're literally stuck in the past, and they're living based on their fears, not based on their goals. And so... Uh, you know, many people, they are who they are, not because of who they want to be, but because of trauma that's trapped them in the past. And now they're living very limiting uh, patterns and they're, they have unresolved problems from their past that are keeping them stuck. Yeah. And so that's, that's why I wrote the book is because I just thought this is an important thing to explain to people is that your personality is not innate. It's not fixed. It's not unchangeable. It's that you have unresolved problems that you're not dealing with. And also you haven't clarified your goals. And so you're just being who you think you are. And you're not being intentional. And also, yeah. you need to resolve your problems, which if you do, you will change. And you can change. And it's very powerful and it's very liberating. Yeah, liberating makes sense because if you don't, if you think that you're stuck in a situation because you think that it's permanent, because your personality is permanent, the idea that actually, you know, that I that take me as an example, that I can podcast, I can maybe do public speaking i can do these other things and i can remove the the sort of the narrative that i have of myself there's something in the book that that i read which i found was a crazy stat which was from the university of illinois forgive me if my pronunciation but 90 percent of people are dissatisfied with their personalities which is a which is a whopping stat (laughs) absolutely we all want to change I mean, what you said is essential. It's important. If you don't believe things can change, you literally can't have hope. You can't have motivation. You can't yeah. have happiness. All of those things rely on the on the belief that things can be different. Yeah. Um, and so if you think that things are stuck and unchangeable, then you can't be happy. You can't have hope. You can't have motivation. 
Yeah. So is environment important? So is it important that we, in order to to to, to go from to, to actually achieve the personality that we want that we have goals is important is does environment come into that as well environment's huge if you have genuine goals you need to change your environment because your environment is keeping you who you are your environment your peer group your you know your your roles that's not to say that you have to change you have to like eliminate all people but you may have to change how those situations are you know, you've got to you've got to create an environment that reflects your future self. You know, and that yeah. includes how you show up in those relationships. Um, it it's just yeah. So you definitely have to change your environment. And in some okay. some aspects, you're gonna have to permanently change. You know, you might have to eliminate some people because those people are who you you're gonna be. And so you yeah. if you're gonna stay around them, you're gonna stay who you've been. And you've just got to own that fact. Yeah. And it's as you're talking, I'm just thinking around people that are listening who. It's really, scary. It takes yeah. courage. It can be difficult, but it's, you know, that's what you said. It takes courage to be who you want to be. It takes yeah. courage to become your future self. Um, yeah. And if you want to be the same person, then you don't have to be courageous. Um, but if you want to be true and if you want to be honest with who you genuinely want to be, you're going to have to be courageous. And when you are when you are courageous, you will have transformational experiences. You'll grow and you'll build yeah. more confidence and you'll and your life will open up your future will open up your options will open up just like you've described for yourself and life will become a lot better and so yeah. being courageous and becoming confident are things that you can mun and must and should do uh, yeah. so it's better to to do these things rather than to just live in a shell and be afraid yeah because because most people have ambition you know every you know we could walk up and down you know wherever we're situated and ask people, you know, what 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 would your ambition be? And everybody will give an answer to what their ambition is, but it doesn't seem obtainable to most of us. So we don't. So it's just something that is a dream that we, you know, most people that we ask that question would answer, and then they would walk off, and they wouldn't even consider that a possibility. But actually, it is a possibility. It's just understanding that our personality isn't permanent. Exactly. You're not going to be the same person in the future, just like you're not the same person you used to be. And because of that, you shouldn't overly value your current perspective. Like right now, however you see the world, it's just one view and it's not a perfect view. And so rather than saying, I see the world perfectly and rather than saying, I know exactly who I am, you should say, you know, this is who I am right now, but I know I'm going to be different in the future. So I might as well think about who I want to be and become that person. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. So just going back to your previous book, Willpower, if I may, because there's a, I guess there's a, some correlation here because it's not just enough to have willpower because I like even around the willpower, a lot of people that listen to this will think that willpower will get you from A to B, but actually nope. if, if they don't have the vision, the goal, then actually willpower, you know, so that that's, huge in terms of people willpower is actually going to fail you um if you're just trying to do all this through written willpower you're going to fail um this is why you've got to change your identity think about it your future self it doesn't so for example if you're addicted to cigarettes but your future self doesn't smoke does it does it take a lot of willpower for your future self to smoke cigarettes no No, your future self doesn't need to use willpower to smoke cigarettes so you've got to change your identity first that you're no longer a person that smokes. Yeah. You got to tell people that you're no longer a smoker. Then the, the, yeah. And then you need to change your environment so that you're no longer around smokers and so that c- cigarettes are no longer around you. 
And then you've gotten su- support groups and networks and stuff like that. That's why there's groups like Alcoholics Anonymous and stuff mm-hmm. is because you need support groups. So you have to change your identity so that you're no longer a smoker. Because if you're if if you still view yourself as a smoker who's trying not to smoke, then you're just yeah. acting against your identity. You've got to change your identity so that you're no, no longer a smoker and that you're no longer a person who is interested in smoking. And then you need to tell everyone about that and you need to ask for their support. And then you need to change your environment. And um, then you need to start you know, acting like a non-smoker. You've got to replace that with something else. Rather than smoking, who are you instead? Are you a runner? What are you? What are you interested yeah. in? And then yeah. you start being that new person and that new persona and that new identity. And eventually the desires quickly go away. Wow. The world needs this book, Ben, because you think about all the people out there. If they're trying the to do it through grit and willpower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there'll be people that... I mean, it's, it's terrible. It doesn't work, my friend. Willpower now. doesn't work. Yeah, that's yeah willpower, willpower is going to ruin your life, man. Yeah, I, I, you know, I can't wait for um, this to come out. And it's just, you know, I, I've said it before, but I think it is groundbreaking in terms of people's perspective. People just don't have this insight. I didn't. I didn't literally up until, you know, I obviously reading the book and whatnot. And so obviously I, I'm sort of aware of it now. But... I wasn't before so it's quite it opens up so many opportunities and which is we all want that Earl, Earl Nightingale I listened to him a little bit have you listened to The Stranger Secret uh, I did hear that a long time ago yes so that's interesting just because he talks about it you is come, very fascinating you know you, you become what you think about so that that sort of, of resonates. course of course you are you are yeah yeah it resonated with me a little bit if somebody is listening to this now who is, didn't think they could achieve what they want to achieve, is there a starting point where they should actually start? I'd just read the book. Yeah. I think that that's the yeah, easiest no, no, it makes place sense. to start. Makes sense. I, okay, would just, that, I, would, I would make the investment in yourself and just read the book. And then there's, yeah. there's literally hundreds of questions through the book yeah. that are prompts that you can use in your journal to help you to clarify who you want to be and also okay. to re- reconceptualize maybe negative trauma. Okay, perfect, perfect. And wh- where can they purchase the book? Anywhere. Amazon, okay. Audible, Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy books and in whatever okay. country you're in, you can get this book. Perfect. And I will put a link or links on the show notes so people can access the book. And, and may, you know, what would be great as well, maybe, in, I don't know, a few months later, people can maybe contact us or you to say how that, you know, what changes they've made after reading the book. That'd be, that'd yeah, be really- they can, they totally can. So if you just go to benjaminhardy.com, you can email me and share what you think. And you can also get yeah. free resources there, free, obviously blogs, but also I do a full course on personality isn't permanent that you can get for free if you buy the book and uh, other free tidbits. So yeah, come on over oh, benjaminhardy.com and let me know what you think. And uh, we'll be looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Fabulous. Fabulous. Ben, I've got one last question for you, and I'm super keen to hear your answer. So if you could invite three inspirational people for dinner, who would you invite? I've been thinking about this ever since you asked it to me. It's an interesting one. Um, I would probably, um, you know, obviously, like, there's religious figures that are very interesting. You know, like, Jesus is an interesting one just because, like, historically is, you know, stuff like that. Um, I think that I would love to have a conversation with... You know, former presidents of the United States, even like the Queen of England, you know, just yeah, people who have been cool. in interesting places. I mean, even Winston Churchill would be interesting, yeah. you know, and so like, I don't know, I just, uh, I'm interested in all sorts of people, you know, so I, I think that 
Let me let me see if I can pin down one or two more that it would just be really interesting. Um, Queen Queen would be cool, I think. Who? The Queen, as you said, I think she'd be. Oh a cool. yeah, the Queen that, would be very yeah. fascinating. She's got her own perspectives. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that that you know that's a good start. That's okay. good. Okay, Ben, thank you so much for being a, a wonderful guest. I've been super keen to speak to you, and I'm. You know, I, I definitely want to see how my journey goes and everybody else's journey goes, knowing that our personality isn't permanent. And thank you, everybody, for listening to My Perfect Failure. You can find me at www.myperfectfailure.com. I'm on Twitter, failure underscore perfect, and Insta is padsmpf. And please do look out for future episodes of My Perfect Failure. Until the next time. Goodbye. Take care. Thanks for listening to My Perfect Failure podcast. Be sure to visit www.myperfectfailure.com to join the conversation. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Look out for our next episode.